Welcome back again to Your Daily Bible Podcast as we continue looking at the final week of Jesus' life. Yesterday we talked about Jesus entering into the city of Jerusalem, and today we're going to look at what he did when he got there in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 through 17. This would have been the Monday of the Passion Week. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But then the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw these wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, and he spent the night. Okay, so here we are. Jesus has entered into the city of Jerusalem, this massive parade of people shouting, of people yelling, of people declaring Jesus as the Savior, expecting him to march up that hill and boot the Romans out of the city, and instead, where does he go? He goes to the temple, the Jewish center of worship. And when he gets there, what's he do? He doesn't turn his anger against the Romans, but he turns over the tables again of the Jewish money changers, of the lenders. You see, as people were coming to the Passover feast, these guys were preying on religious people. They would come and they would sell them at great markup items to be sacrificed. If they couldn't bring their own, they would exchange their money for uh, temple money. Of course, they would charge them usury on that. They were profiting off of God's people coming, devout people coming to worship God. This made Jesus furious. He knocked over their tables. He made a whip from a belt. He chased them out because God's house was supposed to be a place of prayer for all nations and all people, not just a place for the Jews to make another buck. And so Jesus chased out the Jews, not the Romans. The Roman leaders are so frustrated, they can't believe this. He's messing up their biggest business day. And on top of it, the crowds are shouting blasphemy. Children are shouting, Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the son of David. Save us, son of David. And they're saying, Jesus, you got to tell these people to quit saying such blasphemy. And Jesus says, haven't you read? Out of the mouths of children, God will be praised. He says, no, no, they're right in what they're saying. They're exactly right. And this makes the leaders even more angry. You see, they believed that if the Romans caught wind of Jesus declaring to be the king and his followers declaring to be the king, that the Romans by force would lock down the city, would kick them out of their temple, and maybe even destroy the temple. You see, they believed that if these people turned into a mob, a riot, that it would end in bloodshed of the city. And they're not wrong. Not 40 years after this, the city is entirely destroyed, the temple torn apart brick by brick. So their fears came true. But see, what they didn't understand 
was that Jesus truly was the Messiah, that the words the children were speaking were true, and that Jesus was there to do something far bigger than what the crowd ever could have expected. So today, my encouragement to you is this. You may not always see and you may not always understand what God is doing. In fact, I always say if you could see it and you could understand it, then you would be God and he wouldn't be. But because you can't always see it, you can't always understand it, there's something that we have to do when we don't see and when we don't understand. And it's not what the Jewish leaders did. They tried to control the situation, to manipulate the situation. But what we must do is rest and trust. We must come to a place where we say, God, you're you're Lord and I'm not. And that has huge implications on your life, on your health, and on your mental well-being. If you would rest today and say, God, you're in control and I trust you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you sacrificed your life for our sin. I thank you that you did the thing that we could never do for ourselves. I thank you that still today you are seeking and saving the lost. And I thank you, Jesus, that you didn't do what everyone expected you to do. I thank you that your plan was far bigger and far greater than that. And we believe in our day, in our time, your plans are far bigger than what we know. So we say, Lord, have your way. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.